life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. I had the horrifying realization this week that we are just over a week from season three. <laughs> wow. It is coming up quickly. Wow. I, better, I better finish up some episodes. That's all I know Well, to say. you've got a few done, and few you brought done. the third one over, so yep. we can watch that after we finish podcasting yep. Episode excited one about is, that. is headed toward TV on July 7th, so that, that's, that's not this Saturday. That's next Saturday, if you're right. paying attention. And uh, I had this realization recently and somehow lost a week in June. I don't know where it went. But we jumped a week in we June were doing based on where stuff. I thought we were doing okay. And so anyway, yeah. so that is coming up. Uh, for all of you that have, have not seen it yet, we have episode, pardon me, season one and two are both on Amazon. Yeah. Season yep. three will be on Amazon about a month after it premieres on Velocity, but it's coming to Velocity first. Six brand new episodes. We're very excited about it. I have to start the podcast with this. Paul said, what do you want to start with this? And I said, television, because it's all I'm thinking about right now. Well, speaking of television, we had the chance to go on Park City Mountain Views TV, which was yes, a lot of did. fun. Yes, we did. You know, all local, seven people watched. Yeah, but well, it was it's, fun. It's the local uh, kind of night uh, TV show yeah. and variety show on our local uh, Park City television station. You can imagine in a town of roughly 10,000 people, how massive the TV station is. So hey, we were on that, and it was fun. They stream t- online, so they stream the, yeah. the episodes live during... You yeah, know, Terry invited us back. We actually got to talk about the show, which, of course, is something we have no trouble doing. Yeah. And joke about cars. I just like actually to. enjoyed it, because yeah, it with fun. a small-town TV show like that, you can do pretty much whatever you want. That's true. Yeah, he yeah. repels yeah. into the set, you know, on his opening monologue, and it, it's just fun. And, yeah, it was just really enjoyable without the, you know, I don't know, the overarching stuff that comes along with big TV yeah. studio. You yeah. can just... Have fun. Talk about looser. whatever. want to thank all of you guys for a few things. First off, you continue to rate us on Amazon. Thank you for that. I have seen those ratings and some of those reviews. Some of you guys have written really very nice reviews. Yeah, so thank, thank you for that. Yeah, appreciate and it. that does help other people find the show. We appreciate it. That happens on this podcast as well, which today or the last few days, I looked today and happened to see this. It's been recently. We have 800 ratings on iTunes. Fantastic. Thank you, guys. Which is very cool. Thank you very much. There are a whole much. lot of reviews. Uh, so if you haven't rated or reviewed yet, we would appreciate just because we have that many which astonishes me doesn't mean yours doesn't doesn't matter and one more thing while we're talking about audience stuff yeah have you done the podcast one survey yet oh yeah right 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 that is still out there we need at least 100 submissions so that allows us to properly tailor or let me put it another way allows podcast one to properly tailor the ads to you guys so they actually relate yeah thanks for the reminder on that we have not yet heard back from them as far as you know hey we don't know numbers yet we We, we blew that number out last year we'd love to do that again this year so that they have a clear sense of who you guys are are and thank you for listening. Right. We have two car doesn't debates coming up. You know it doesn't. Uh, Robert in Spring, Texas, wrote to us. We have a fun car debate for him, and also Megan locally here in Utah. We have a really fun car debate for her. Many, many audience questions, but up front, there's Tesla news. There's Tesla news, which is actually just you, kind of what happens on every an Tuesday. Just to rant. That's all you wanted. I have genuine questions. <laughs> there, I mean, there's there's other news By out questions, there. Questions. He means rant. No, he there, means, there's there's other. I want to just. Not necessarily. Uh, kind of. But anyway. <laughs> See, I knew it. I, I also, we should also acknowledge a couple other bits of news happening. Uh, you actually pointed them out on here. The Alpha Romeo 4C Coupe is dying in the U.S. Well, yes. Only in the U.S. is it being dropped, which I feel like is the better variant of the two, even though I know you like the Spider, and that's probably how it sells the most I'm in their sure business case. I'm and sure have to figure is, out, yeah. All right. Well, we sold more of that, so let's cut this one. But still, it's gorgeous, and it's kind it's of a, tragic to see it go away. It's an eight-tenths car. That's where it shines. And at eight-tenths, yes. you kind of want the top off the car. Eh, uh, 
I'm that's, not that's, convinced. That, but okay. And I'm not a guy that is huge about drop tops, but I think that's the I know, key there. But you do have your Targa top. I do, bonus, and so. I like that in the Elise. I know. And then there is uh, Dodge uh, Challenger Hellcat news because essentially it's another week, and so FCA threw more power at something. You know what our cars need? They are down on power. Hey, marketing people. Yeah. yeah our yeah. cars are down on power. Guess what we did? We strengthened the internals. We added boost. And we cranked it up to even more. So good news, everybody. The new Hellcat for 2019 gets an upgrade to 797 horsepower. If you lamented the fact that you missed the Dodge Demon, no worries. You yeah. get the double hood scoop on the new Challenger. And even the Charger was upgraded. And I'm thinking, come on, upgrade that Jeep alongside it. Let's go for 800 horsepower Jeeps. Can we please? Just 797. Because, because Okay, look at it this uh, way. Somehow... Yeah, FCA Dodge specifically is drinking the exact opposite concoction of the folks at Toyota. <laughs> the, the the 86 is desperate for any more. Are they horsepower. all at the same can bar? You, or can you imagine 90 more town? horsepower in the 86 chassis? That'd be phenomenal. 90 more horsepower for a car that already has 700 is thank you, but okay. It's a marketing gimmick. It's and we turn yeah. it up. You're not going to be able to feel that. We turned it up. Woohoo! I mean, but your burnouts yeah, but last twenty percent longer. Possibly. Everyone. Some somebody has actually calculated that. And you I'm know, sure like it's at Costco, you somewhere. get twenty percent yeah. more liquid in the tide. Whatever you thing, do, whatever you, your hey, special version. Burnouts are twenty percent longer. Everyone. Are these challenges going to come with like, that like little star thing, that little star graphic right behind the back that says totally. now with twenty percent more or whatever? Can 20% we please have that? More. That'd be amazing. Rubber on the tires because we knew you were going to last longer. Ridiculous. Us, that's but that's very mean. funny. Uh, so the Tesla news actually happened right before we actually made this podcast, like a couple hours prior. And so mm-hmm. I mentioned to Paul when we first sat down, should we cover this? I, obviously, Tesla is one of those things where they get covered no matter what. But I think this is interesting. Pretty much. On a lot of levels. Tesla, how do I put this kindly? Uh, they want more money. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if you have a reservation for your Model 3, you already paid $1,000 for your reservation. Now, of course, it's fully refundable. And I know, you know, They've had the better part of a half million people supposedly that signed up. There is some percentage. I've heard everything between 20 and 40% of those have dropped since. But only Tesla has those numbers as to how many people are currently on the list. Right. That's my understanding, yeah. So I'm going to go really conservative here and say there's only 200,000 people left. That'd be okay. half what they thought. Well, they've only delivered 11,000 cars I know. up to now. I know. But That's I, all they've got. But so I'm just far. saying, let's go really low number, and, you, and you'll see why I'm doing that in a minute. Okay. Let's say there's only, and I don't think it's this low, but let's say there's only 200,000 people left on the list hoping for their Model 3. Tesla has essentially sent out the happy birthday emails to all of them, <laughs> said, you can order your car now. Guess what? Which is what everybody's been waiting for. You put in, like, the one that we drove that's on episode one, Okay. That guy put in his $1,000 two years ago, and then when we drove his uh, his car, what had happened is two years later, he got the email from Tesla, ordered his car, and had it in two weeks. Mm-hmm, right. But now Tesla's right. email is, if you're on the list, so all, I'm just going to stay with it, 200,000 of you, all of them got the email that says you can order your car now. Theoretically, right? Okay. But we need $2,500 more now. Yeah. And you'll have your car, we think, within two to four months. So it actually doesn't have a – it's not like our friend Brandon that had his Model 3. It's not like a your car's on its way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So staying with math, because I actually got out of the calculator for this because you know math is not my gift. 200000 okay, times 2500 okay, is a half billion dollars. It's got oh, – yeah, great, great. Okay. It's money coming in the door. 
Yes, because there's been a lot of discussion on Wall Street and elsewhere that Tesla was going to have to do another financial call before the end of the year in order to survive. And Tesla's been saying, no, we aren't. No, we aren't. No, we aren't. We're fine. We're good. We're, we're all good here. We don't need any more money. By the way, here's a way to bring a half billion dollars in the door. Yeah, they're good at doing that. With no guarantee of when the cars will be delivered. I'm not, please don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting they're not going to deliver cars. I know they're delivering. I know they're ramping up. We've driven one. We were impressed. It's not about all of that. Here's my actual question. Okay. When does the goodwill run out for the way this company is run? I can speculate on that, but I don't think it's ever. I don't think it's ever. Be- because what I've been racking my brain about since this announcement happened earlier today, and, and I'm, I'm I mean, actually are you looking for the answer. Are you actually like wanting to land it's kind on of, something? It's kind, or no, is it it's just kind of rhetorical. Because, sort of rhetorical because here's the out thing: there kind of question. I, this is my this is the question behind my question, and that is: Can anybody think of another company in any industry that could operate this way and would continue to stoke goodwill on the part of the people mm-hmm. that are buying their product, Wall Street, and the media? You're wondering why companies that are brick and mortar and actually have either fabs or factories or whatever they are and have balance sheets and are profitable and are buying back stock at this point, how come their stock price has dropped and Tesla's keeps going up? Is that kind of what you're saying? Well, but even I'll even go I'll even stay in the world of startups. How is Tesla this bulletproof? It's honestly, I I, I am. <laughs> Not trying to share any financial knowledge at all. I do because we don't have any. Yeah. I do not consider myself in that category or anywhere close. But f- what I understand is everything about Wall Street and what stock valuation is on is for what future production will be. Mm-hmm. It's not what you're doing right now yeah. necessarily. It's yeah. what are you claiming for the future? And if you just keep doing that, the answer is indefinite. True. True. If you just say, it's coming, it's coming. If it's speculation. The paint shop true. is overwhelmed. They're erecting tents, portable mm-hmm. tents in yeah. the yeah. on the tarmac to roll cars out. And, and yeah. your car was constructed actually not in a shed. A shed is too nice for you. <laughs> we we built have, your car in a tent. We don't have time for a shed. We have a tent up, though, because yeah. it's Southern California. We'll be fine. How does that make you feel about your car? You think, well, well it should go through the factory, but, shouldn't but, it? But it things, did. But, but things like this and also the whole the news that keeps coming back about uh, Elon sleeping on the floor. Now, I keep coming back to this yeah. thought. If we heard of any other CEO, Tim, Tim Cook at Apple is now sleeping on the floor. <laughs> Wouldn't we think he'd gone insane? Wouldn't we think that spells trouble at Apple? If the CEO, uh, Mary Barra of GM, started sleeping on the factory floor, wouldn't we think she shouldn't be CEO anymore? This, these are my questions. This is a, this is a company that whatever they yes. do that looks oddball, somehow for them spins to, oh, that means they're doing well. This is where my brain hurts. And honestly, I, I know I sound like I'm ranting. This is not me trying to be anti-Tesla. A tiny this is, bit. This is me completely confused why these, if you will, breadcrumbs for, for that I think would be spell doom for any other company somehow just make this kind of, oh, this is what they did today in the cool news with Tesla. I mean, uh, there's on and on. I could go on about 
Elon's factory tour. He's considering this extended factory tour now and asking customers to come help build their Tesla. Yeah. That smacks of the whole restaurants that, hey, come make your own pizza thing. That's not why I went out to eat. <laughs> I want you to make it, and I'm going to pay you money, and you're going to make it for here me. for you to cook. I don't want to get my hands in the stuff, and that's but, why I went out to eat, so I didn't have to do that at home. But that plays to... Come help build your car. It sounds like in a cool extended factory tour, See, but that's in addition, thing. I'm actually... Teaching others to paint the fence now. I'm rallying the troops. Like, yeah. you want to leave your mark? You want to leave your fingerprints in the wet concrete? Come on, help build your car. Yes. But that actually mm-hmm. lends to the mystique that they have with their customers, which is impressive. And and you get to say, I was involved and I was there. And I get that. I mean, I think, look, if – not they're going to do it. But if Ferrari, where you can go watch your car come off the assembly line, or Porsche, where you can do the same thing, if you could walk out there and just even put the lug nuts on in the, in the perfect – if you could be at McLaren – in Woking Which and you walk probably out can. You onto the pristine line you and can. you could help put your door on. You'd do it. I, I actually don't mind that, but it's just another thing in a wall of how is this all okay? Yeah. So Tesla, in a weird way, this is the way I'm taking the news. Tesla, in a weird way, has said, we don't need any more money, and then turned around to their customers and said, give us money because we're eventually giving you a product to do an end run on the fact that they apparently do need money. But you've answered your own question. They're asking for money from customers, not from more investors. True. They're not asking for, True. hey, venture capital, yes. whoever, give us more influx of capital to develop. Yes. They're actually now customer money, and that goes obviously towards the purchase of your car. It does. It does. But, but you're, you're asking rhetorical questions that are somewhat unanswered, but they're based on just the future because who else is doing what Tesla is actually doing? And I applaud them for kicking every other car manufacturer in the teeth and going, come on. We're Let's leading do this. the way. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. You know, open source patents. Come on. I'm giving it to you. Come on. But at the same time, they all have jumped on the bandwagon. And all they of have. those cars They've are either the bait. here now or coming. Yeah. Which creates a scenario where you're going to have cars that are out there that you can go get right now. Let, let, let me put it this way. If you pay your extra $2,500 to Tesla mm-hmm. and six months goes by, are you angry? It says, we think between two and four months. But- 200,000 cars, there's just basic math. There's no way all those cars get built in that amount of time. With Tesla if, owners, they wouldn't get angry. Yeah. They, they wouldn't because they're But, but the question becomes acolytes. if you pay that extra amount want it. and six months from now you have no car and things like the Jaguar I-Pace are out there mm-hmm. and the uh, terrible named Porsche thing is out. Excellently named. Do you look around? Tycon. Do you look around? I, I just... Honestly, not for Tesla because it's the Apple, it's the iPhone, it's not the Android, it's it's not the Samsung. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's just the products too, but it's it's just the cachet that he's built with the brand. So, which is amazing. I don't see it stopping. I mean, for all your frustration, I don't see it stopping. And I'm not either. I'm not promoting or defending either way. I'm just saying it's going to continue. We're we're in for more of this. I'm shocked. I'm just suddenly be like, hey, we're profitable. And that's my demeanor, which is is genuinely not Tesla hate. It's sitting here in kind of astonishment, like like jaw-dropped astonishment that stuff that I think, and I don't, I'm not a titan of industry, clearly, but, (laughs) but I think if those things were laid at the feet of other companies, everyone would be terrified of that company. And yet for Tesla, it somehow is in the plus column. And I find it amazing. Yeah. I I mean, I'm hoping people would 
see that. I'm hoping more people, Wall Street analysts, would say, you know, it's not okay to talk to our investors that way on the phone on an earnings call because he was kind of rude is my understanding. And just let's not focus on any other thing. But okay, and now he is. He's sleeping in the factories, you said. But is that a marketing thing? Is it – what are you really well, but, doing? Don't you hire but I come people? back to But I come back to Mary Barra and Tim Cook. If either of them were sleeping on the factory floor, the entire board would be like, we've got to get rid of them. <laughs> what happened to them? Probably. They haven't showered in a week and they sleep on well, the factory floor. But yet that somehow is an asset unless here. Unless you could spit That's like, weird. What leadership you're showing. You're rolling up your sleeves and getting dirty just like everybody else. But the rest of the company is sleeping it. on the factory. That's exactly how it's been spun. <laughs> yeah. But I just, ah, okay. It continues. Do we need the tired, smelly CEO walking around? Is that helping morale? <laughs> Honestly, he hasn't showered in a week and he looks disheveled. He doesn't want, don't stand by me. I'm trying to build a car here. I'm trying to bathe in cash right anyway, now. Anyway, yeah. Hang on. Well, I, I don't think it's that. It's, I, anyway, there's We're a gonna, lot of stuff involved. I, I'm, We've I'm got boggled. to get to these debates, Yes, though. we should do car debates. I, I think it's very interesting. But yes, ongoing for now, we'll leave it there. Robert is writing to us. He is out near Houston in Spring, Texas, and he's writing to us about filling the gap. This is very interesting. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of what do I do with this space between my wife's car, which is a 2014 Jeep Wrangler manual, and he says manual because she's awesome. Exactly. I agree. And his 2017 MX-5 RF Club. He has the bookend cars. That's very interesting. And so kind of right in the middle, what do they do for the commute or when there's mm-hmm. traffic and they don't want to... I mean, both cars are manual transmissions. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you don't want to rumble along the Jeep and then... They're both specifically designed mm-hmm. for very fun purposes, but yes. for the everything in the middle, yeah. what do you do? Well, there's some requirements in and here. And even to the fact that not only is it just life stuff, hey, we may have to commute today and all these kind of things, it's also the fact that his 88-year-old mother, yeah. we've yeah. got to transport her. Are we gonna, we got to fold her into the RF? Not really. Is she going to climb up in the Wrangler? Probably not. So what's the car <laughs> Comfy? We, we take her, no. her around in? You know, exactly. <laughs> so that is the, the fact that this is the car. We've got the bookends. We need the dead middle of the shelf. Yeah, right. Plus, they want power and fun. You know, he says, Miata's strictly our weekend fun car. We adore it. It's just too small for the regular use in Houston, home of the blind to Miata's pickup trucks, which we have actually talked about a lot here. Yeah, yeah. It's not just Miata's. It's Lotai. It's Cayman's. It's all the small cars. Yes. But yeah, to your point, they need, you know, something that's fun to drive and ride and power, but it's also nice to ride and comfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's an automatic for the days that I mentioned, you know, if he's not taking the bus to work and he's got to suffer in the traffic. So what they've landed on so far is this 2018 Volkswagen Golf R. Mm -hmm. And just the fact, Robert, that you're talking about a 2018 car, brand new car is kind of leading me to think you're looking at new cars. I think you're implying that, but maybe you're open to other things. You said, yeah, it's Automatic, DSG, great seats, great mm-hmm, interior, mm-hmm. all-wheel drive, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. And they would like all-wheel drive. I mean, it checks yeah. every single box they've talked about. They like the fact that it's kind of a sleeper. Mm-hmm. He says it's an adult's car. He says, look, I'm 55. I don't want a WRX or a Civic Type R. It just doesn't – that's not the style he wants. Plus, I don't uh, know that, that uh, his mom wants to climb into the Civic Type R. She's going to think, <laughs> like, what is that thing? That's probably true as well. So so this is the reason the Golf R feels the like the wing right is thing. handy to hang on to when you're it walking is. out to the it's, car. It, it's you a, can use it. At, yeah, it's exactly. It's a grab handle. It's a support. It's perfect. But, but, his, but the questions come up. That Golf R is going to be every bit of forty grand. Yeah. <laughs> so at forty grand, Is that a lot or a they, little? <laughs> Well, no, but but he's he's saying at, here's his question at forty grand, 
theoretically, they could actually trade in. They have an, an Acura uh, that they, they've been using as the middle ground car. It's a 2014 Acura Yeah, MDX. it's an inherited car, actually. Totally, totally. So they could get rid of that for the mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And they have enough budget that they could stretch to have about 50 grand total. Right, right. About 10 more than this Golf R. So he's going, wait a minute. The Golf R seems to check every box, but if I've got as much as 50 grand, is there something else I should be looking at? And that's where the debate starts for us to find, if not Golf R, then what? Yeah, true. I like it put like that. All right. So you mentioned your budget, but then you keep going in your email, Robert, and says, you know, you say more is available, more money, if there's material performance, reliability, or style benefits that justifies the additional cost. Or in Paul's case, justification for where Paul went. Guess what I did with that <laughs> sentence. Yeah. Justification. Well, I uh, I pushed on it just a tad. Now with more money. <laughs> but I can justify all three of my choices for you, and I would, all con- I would consider all of these kind of equal for different reasons. It sounds strange, but they're all in kind of the same price category, but they all kind of have a different appeal. Okay. And I'm going to start with a 2018 BMW X3 M40i. I drove this at Motor Press Guild Track Day back in November. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the the press fleet guys there had to convince me to get in this car and take it on track. I remember, It was not the street drive car. They had it... Yeah, we were marked, all like, that's a track, track car. Why is and that? When, a, yeah. Why do I, I want to, I don't want to drive that on track. No. And they said, get in it here, get, get in it. Yeah. I thought, no, get in it. Fine. All right. <laughs> and honestly, I, I was just kind of like, it's just going to be another small CUV and it's a BMW. It's going to be fine. And I'm going to mm-hmm. be blah. It was impressive. I remember you said that, yeah. It was more impressive than the M550 that I got in prior to that. Yeah, that was the bigger surprise. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. It was impressive on track. It cornered flat. The brakes were great. They Mm, were astoundingly mm. strong. And this car really impressed me coming back in. It was that dark navy blue with the tan. I remember that. Kind of burnt ochre interior. I remember getting out of something and looking over and seeing you pulling in the paddock of that car going, why did Paul go out in that? And you got out and went, wait. He had to shove me in that car. I remember remember that. Convinced me to get out on track. He's like, no, it's really surprising. And I thought, okay. And he's right. He was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the the badge definitely took over at that point. It's okay. It's a BMW for a reason here. Mm-hmm. It was impressive. The handling was great. It has the M bits. It does. It's been made more better. I, I was impressed. 355 horsepower, but they start pretty high. And that's why I kind of, mm-hmm. I think they're in the 54 kind okay. of starting place. But I thought, well, if we're starting there, why not move on to a 2018 Volvo XC60? Oh, no. The R design is lovely. It's the brand new refresh redesign, which I will not call a refresh because it's pretty much brand new. Gorgeous. They start at 44.8, but the one we drove was Mm $63,000. It was up there, but turbocharged and supercharged, 2 liter 4, 316 horsepower, we ranted about this car and the amenities and it's stylish and gorgeous. The reason I'm going, Robert, in all in this general direction, you can see that the trend here is because of your your mom and, mm-hmm. and just the ease of ingress, egress, sure. getting in yeah. and out because yeah. it's the seats are just kind of right. You don't have to sit down and you can just kind of benefit. Plop. It's the benefit of a CUV in this regard. Absolutely agree with you. I hear you. And that's why they're in this category of, you know what? They're, they're mm-hmm. more of the performance oriented, stylish, great to drive, kind of check your boxes, but I'll be honest, they're expensive, mm-hmm. but I think worth it for these reasons. 
And then you might see my last one coming at you, but it's a used car. And I thought, how much Macan GTS could you get? Mm, interesting. Okay. Surprisingly, I found a 2017 Macan GTS for 57.9. Okay. 33,000 miles. And my justification for that, Robert, is PDK. They don't put the PDK mm, in the Cayenne. Okay. True. They do Fair. in the Macan. Now, on that Volvo, I did find some 2018 R designs for about 57, 58. So you don't have to go super brand new. Maybe it's the yeah, dealer yeah, yeah. test thing for, you know, it's got 2,000 miles on it. Who cares? But the interior was great on the Volvo, gorgeous, but I got to have that Macan GTS. And I say GTS for the power and the performance that you're looking for. Yeah. I don't think the S is going to cut it, honestly. So I'm I'm really thinking GTS, and I thought, could I really? Yes, mm. you can. That's 57, cool. 58, okay. All slightly right. used 2017 okay. yeah, Macan yeah. GTS. Yeah, good. I think that could really get it done. Okay. Well, I tried to stay 40 grand and below, which means I'm shopping used. Admirable. But not very used, you. like a year or two at the most. Mm-hmm. Because essentially, I'm really looking at this for Robert and going, okay, we're talking about the Golf R alternative. Because yeah. he has really decided the Golf R does everything I needed to do. It, it, it's done. I'm right here. That's the They're size I want. sort of mired in Golf R it, thinking. It, exactly. It's the yeah. size I want. It yeah. has the performance I want. It, it's nice inside. This would absolutely check all the boxes. So I went, okay, two alternatives okay. that I think one is just a – Straight-up alternative, and the other one I actually think is better. Okay. Right. Straight-up alternative is get yourself an Audi S3. S3s are good, yeah. It is. It's the sedan the Golf, Golf R. R. In sedan form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got a little bit different styling. You didn't buy yourself now a $40,000 hatch. You bought yourself a $40,000 little hot s- sedan, okay? Love it. Unless you need the hatch, but you, you say you're kind of, that's kind of been your question about the Golf R is, I'm buying a pricey hot hatch. Is that what I should do? So S3 is the alternative. And the thing about it those is, is yeah. they, they're roughly 10 grand more than the Golf R new, but they depreciate faster. Yeah. So a year yeah. or two old one is going to be Golf R money, and you've got yourself an S3. So I think it's a straight-up really good alternative to consider what I'd rather have alternative. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the one I think you need to get, because I'm, I'm looking at you guys in your description, and you are car enthusiasts. Clearly, While yeah. this needs to be something that has a little, I think, and I think the SUV kind of style is kind of where we're headed here. The Golf R isn't, but I'm I mean, just it's thinking this again kind of, to get in and hatch. out easy. Yeah, is, totally, you know. So we need an, people and a, a, a car that can seem normal, that can seem adult, mm-hmm. but by the way, is hair on fire, and I have to go there. Okay, Mercedes GLA. AMG 45, get a year or two old one. I'm looking at them here. I've literally got one in front of me right now with 5,000 miles on it for 45 grand. Wow. Okay, so just go out and start shopping for these cars. GLA 45 AMG, uh, they're out there. Now, the new ones are 60. Don't get a new one. Yeah, get a year right, or two old right. one, okay, with with a few thousand miles on it, and it's right about forty grand. That's, they, that's they Mercedes drop. does the Golf R. It's exactly what, that is. what it is. It is it is the I have more money than the hot hatch world. Mm-hmm. Hot hatch. That's what and we talked about when we did it in in season season one. Yeah, talking about your style proclivities, Robert. You know, hey, yeah. should I get the big wing thing? Yeah, like, we kind of we're moving past that. The GLA, it's AMG. Come mm-hmm. on, and Beautiful. and honestly, unless you're an enthusiast, everybody looks at that car and just sees. Oh, you bought a little Mercedes SUV, mm-hmm. and it's a Mercedes, and it's classy, and it's adults' car, and blah blah. But by the way, tons of power, good automatic, yeah. fast, yep. agile, done. Hmm. I think you vanish in traffic in Houston when there's traffic, and I think you vanish when there's not traffic because it just goes. <laughs> so that's my car for you, Robert. Nice. 
Nice. Well, all this talk has made me think of the Stelvio lately because that was there at the mm-hmm. same Motorpress sure, Tracte, yeah. and that Quadrifoglio version of it has come out, but I don't think they're anywhere close. I think they're pushing 70 for that. They're like the Quadrifoglio hot one. Yeah, of course they are. But I keep coming to other things. The other choices, Todd's choices, I would get before I even, even consider the Stelvio, honestly. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I just, it's in the same category as the Julia for me. Just sort of, well, okay, lease or, you know, yeah. maybe yeah. used, but er, no, I can't really go there. So Interesting. All right. All well, right, Robert, Robert. Hopefully you like one of those there and you and your wife can find yeah. the little ground car. I like this this kind of shopping as well. Yeah, plus you've got a car to sell. So, All right, so you've got choices to make. If you've got your own debate, please write to us. We've been getting so many emails. It's Everyday awesome. Driver it's really TV. Good at gmail.com, or you can find us right on the website, Everyday Driver. You can go to the About. You can go to Contact right under the About tab right there and find us and write your email to us right there. We love hearing from you, and uh, like I said, they are stacking up. So hopefully we can get to your debate. Please write to us, uh, you know, a few sentences, not the book of, you know. Well, just paragraphs would be helpful. Paragraphs. That in and of itself helps. And the two-scroll rule helps as well. That's nice. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Thank you, guys. We're going to take a quick break and come right back. Here's some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve the gas mileage. Why? Because the car is now lighter. And you can place your key fob on your chin or against your temple and increase its range. Weird, right? Well, here's another tip you might not be aware of. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience whether you buy new or used. And with True Car, users can see what other people paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before they're buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with a True Car certified dealer. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident buying experience. Some features not available in all states. You know what's a must-have in your car care arsenal? It's a brush hero. This is the water-powered detailing tool that's perfect for tough areas like wheel spokes and engines, tailpipes and grills, and even bicycles. Interestingly, brush hero requires no batteries or electricity. It scrubs slowly with an impressive amount of torque. This was created by Car Guys. It's designed to be tough, quick, and effective without causing damage. Easy to use. Just hook it up to a standard garden hose, flip the handy on-off switch, and start cleaning. Brush Hero is a great gift idea, and they've got an extensive line of gift sets and accessories. And now, our listeners can enjoy 10% off their order at BrushHero.com with code DRIVER. You can also find the Brush Hero at select Costco and Walmart stores. But don't forget to use the code DRIVER at BrushHero.com for 10% off, and all orders over $40 ship free. Geico presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Brian Bruno live on the scene of a recent windstorm here to describe the event, a chest of drawers. There's a storm howling outside, so I thought I'd stay in and watch a rom-com. Five minutes into the flick, a tree branch slams through the window. Were you hurt? (laughs) I just got a scratch on my chest. Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the Geico Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call Geico to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. We're back with a car debate from Megan. She is in Utah. She mm-hmm. and her husband, actually, are yeah. in Utah. They've been listening to our podcast for over a year. Thank you, guys. Very yeah, cool. really appreciate it. She writes to us with this email saying that before she met her husband, she was perfectly fine mm-hmm. with buying a Toyota Camry and driving it for 10-plus years. It's 
Toyota Camrys do. Yes, absolutely. She just she had a car. Car was an appliance. Didn't really matter. It's a toaster. She, it's a toilet. It's a yeah. Camry. It's all the same. Right? Yeah. And her description. Then the, my husband walked into my life, and suddenly I'm having uh, daily, multiple hour long conversations <laughs> about cars. <laughs> Megan, first off, um, wow, you're tolerant. <laughs> I, I just, I you know. Your your husband found something there for sure. That, that bravo to your husband for finding you, and for you tolerating that. But you have said, okay, three years into your marriage, you have the disease pretty bad for cars, and it's only getting worse, which leads to you writing to us. See, you can infect your spouse. It my happens. wife, my wife as well, for sure. Yeah, now, she had my wife. My wife has a like a blow off valve. She's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. That's <laughs> enough cars. I'm moving on. But but she anyway, does. Yeah. we talk about other stuff too. We do. We do. We have to because yeah. at some point she's like, like enough with the cars. All right. Yeah. All right. So Megan currently drives a 2006 Subaru Legacy, which she claims zero to sixty in fifteen plus seconds. I looked it up. I think it's more like eight, but maybe your car indeed does 15 plus seconds. I don't know your car. I, I, love, I love that she's like, this is how awful. Please get me out. <laughs> All right. So they bought it after she hit a deer and needed to quickly find a cheap, reliable car, mm-hmm. which is fine. But she said, this car is boring. <laughs> yeah. And she didn't realize how boring until six months ago when her husband bought a BMW M235i. She said, this is the first performance car I've ever driven, and it put a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Megan. We're yes. thrilled to have you on board. The water's warm, and we're sorry all at once. Yes. <laughs> exactly. She said, I just love listening to the exhaust when it was in sports mode. And she hit her first and many more daily triples. Bravo. Yeah. Bravo. It is interesting to me that there, there, there are two kinds of people in the world, those that have never driven 100, and those yeah. that have driven 100 regularly, like this morning. <laughs> I, there's not like a middle ground. Know? There's not like a middle ground. It's funny to me. It's very funny to me. You mentioned to some people that you've driven over 100 miles an hour, and they look at you like you said you went to space. Okay, and then and then the people that drive hard all the time are like, yeah, I did that this morning. Exactly. Those are the categories. There's there's no That's gray very area. True. Anyway, I did have to indoctrinate my niece and nephew a few years ago when they were like, you know, I still had my other Cayman by the mm-hmm. way. Yeah, and they came to LA to visit me when I was still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, have you ever been 100 miles an hour? No. Yeah. We should go 100. Let's go 100. Anyway, they had to have their crazy uncle breaking them in. That's what the crazy uncle's for. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So Megan is looking for a performance car. Her price range is 15 to 20K. And she said, we might be able to push an extra 5K. If you ever write to me and say we might. Megan, Megan, that's That's like written in stone. You've listened to the podcast long enough that you cannot give Paul extra leash. Because there's you know no what extra money. Because that's give him just money. Cookie, that's just the money. He's gonna spend more of your money anyway. Depending on their home purchase, it might be happening in the next six months, and they're saving a majority of their car money for her husband, who is the true enthusiast. <laughs> she admits. I mean, he's dreaming just like we are. Porsche GT3, Lotus Evora 400, the Julia Quadrifoglio, on yeah. and on and on. I mean, we're we're sharing the same dreams. Everybody yeah. listening is sharing that same. I mean, dream. let's be honest. This M235, he got it used because it's an M235. It probably right. cost in the mid 20s or something. Right. And he's looking at cars that cost three to four times that. Uh, yes, Jordan, we know. So uh, yeah, we've been there. Uh, so that's where they are. But so hopefully we can find her something that is fast and fun, mm-hmm. less than five years old. Yeah. Yep. She wants Bluetooth. That's fairly easy to do. Quiet, but then you list your cars you kind of like, and many of them are 
not that quiet. You don't mean exhaust. You mean like in the cabin. So not like right. Just we're not, road noise. We're not getting you in a lease. Let's put it that way. Uh, you, Why are you, those loud? Yeah, a little bit. You do want an automatic because you don't know how to drive stick. Now there is a task for your husband. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to learn to drive stick. But but okay, I'm going to stay with One the automatic thing, thing anyway. Yeah, yeah, Baby automatic steps. anyway. And then you do not want an SUV or CUV. Yeah, you want to stay with a small car. Yeah. So we need a real enthusiast car for Megan. She's made a list of things she likes. I have some cars I want to talk about that are on her list, and then I have an answer. I want to talk an my answer? way. I want Singular? to talk my way to this is the car you need to get. No kidding. Yep. Because I have an answer, too. Do you? Just one. Okay. But first, let's talk about the cars that they have looked at together. Mitsubishi Evo. Good choice. Mm -hmm. Mini Cooper S. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mazda 3. She says, maybe this is a bit too boring. Maybe. It depends on your budget and depends on kind of what you're looking to get out of it. But Great car, but I wouldn't call it an enthusiast car first. Yeah, you can dig deep and find some fun out of that car. But still, take your point. BMW 135i, which instantly popped in my head. I'm glad you had it on your list here. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Miata's on here. Golf GTI, and of course, the Toyota 86. So mm-hmm. any in, of those. in any capacity, the FRS, BRZ, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So definitely, you can kind of get the idea of the size that she's mm-hmm. looking for. For sure. Kind of sure. small, not too small, but you know, certainly very enthusiast-oriented. There's, there's a pattern there for sure, yeah. And I, I've considered your list. I went round and round. I made lists. I did research. <laughs> Megan, I came back to a car, and I, I went shopping specifically for this car. And I found one. I okay. found multiple, as a matter Uh-oh. of fact. But you're spending how much at this point? There I ask. I, I didn't blow up their budget quite as badly. Okay. And again, remember the 15 to 20 plus 5K. So I'm in the yeah, I know <laughs> $25,000 headspace. Yeah. And so whenever I shop $25,000 cars, I set the limiter at 26000 on my search engines. Oh, I, I get that. I do the same because thing. Because a $25,500 car, you can probably get for 500 bucks. Yeah. Knock the 500 bucks You won't off. get a 500 bucks, but I get you you know what I mean. You'll be able to Knock talk it, it down. Yeah. So I have come up with, for you, Megan, the Mark 7 Golf R. Really? Okay. 2015 and above. So 2015 is when they were introduced in the U.S. I think it was 13 elsewhere outside sure, of the United sure. States. So the Mark 7, 2015 and higher. Mm-hmm. And I went looking and there's multiple for sale. Now there's some with higher mileage, I admit, but there's some like this 2015 VW Golf R four-door. Red, 35,000 miles, 25.7. Hmm. And the reason I'm spending more of your money and, and asking you to, to commit more is because it is the R. Because it is you. It's got the 300 horsepower. It's mm-hmm. got the DSG. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the R. It's a special car. It's a yeah, special yeah. interior. And it is the enthusiast car. It's it's the, when people notice, an enthusiast notice, it's not just a, oh, you got a Golf. With, is that a GT? Oh. Oh, you got the R. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're, you're special. You're <laughs> special. Kind of. It's like when you notice somebody's watch on their wrist and you think, Don't oh, know what, what kind of sick? Oh, I've lost. Is that an IWC? Is that a. Wow, you're, you're wearing an Auris. Whoa. I'm, I'm impressed. You have discerning taste. And so I went there again because they added power, because it kind of hides. And I like this chassis. We've liked this car a lot. I want you to be in the latest car, the latest generation. Okay. And they're available if you're willing to go five extra thousand dollars. You can find them for twenty five grand. The Mark Seven VW Golf R. That's good. That's really good. I do like that. Uh, I'm impressed with that choice. Um, I did not wind up there. I okay. I did not break the budget. I did break one other rule instead. Okay. So I will admit right. that. But I'm going to talk my way to what for me for you is the sniper shot, Megan. I, I I've got a car. That I think you should just go get. I think it should be your car. Great. 
But I want to talk there first because okay. you've got some driving homework. You need – I think it's interesting that that M235 has kind of ignited your interest in cars. <laughs> I love Awakening. That. I love that. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I'm glad your, your husband likes it as well. Uh, as a result, I'm taking the BMW off the table. Okay. You have a BMW in your life, done. Fine. You need to – if you haven't driven it yet, you need to drive the 86 platform. Okay. Please go drive one. The other thing that I kept thinking about is it has to be an automatic that is a worthwhile automatic that's not going to ruin it. Sure, okay. I agree to that. Yeah, you know, some of the generations of the Mini have a CVT. It's a decent CVT, but it's still a CVT for the automatic. Decent and CVT in the I know. same sentence. I know, I know, that I know. Seems weird to me. I know. Uh, you said you didn't want a loud, kind of rattly interior inside. I think the Evo's off the list. Yeah. I love that car. Agree to I that. think the '86 actually is borderline because it's yeah, it's a yeah. fairly loud cabin. I actually don't think it's a problem. I really don't. But it's a fairly loud cabin certainly compared to your husband's BMW. 20 grand, you could almost get a new 86. You almost could, but you could but you can shop all over the place for those. But please go drive one so you know what it's like. Yeah. But you did mention the Miata. You have to drive that. You have to drive a Miata so you know what the new current Miata. I would drive the NC last gen and the ND this generation. I drive both of those so you know. Sure. But that had made me look and I dug around a little bit, and I found, I think, the car. It will feel special. Hmm. It is a convertible. Oh. It has a solid automatic. It'll run for a long time. You can get it for your budget. It's not a BMW. I have to go there. I cannot believe you didn't. Buy yourself a Porsche Boxster S. Now, here's the rule I broke. You're probably not within five years. That's probably you're why probably, I didn't consider that. You're probably buying you're a right, but that's... 06 to 09. Still great. Still, still great. Excellent. And those cars typically aren't going to be hugely high miles. Some of them might be, but those cars run. Oh, the yeah. boxers just oh, run. Yeah. You do maintenance and they keep running. If you get one of the earlier ones, we're talking 06 to 08, okay, go get the IMS bearing done. Sure. But if you, but yeah, those really interiors, like unlike the first-gen Boxster, those interiors, while they're dated, don't look terribly dated. The first-gen Boxsters are the, like the 996 generation, early 2000s, 911s. Right. We're those talking 987 Boxster. Yeah, those interiors look really, really old. Mm -hmm. But the second-gen Boxster starting in 05, and I'm talking about 06, 07s and up, that interior is decent. It's a nice place to be. And you, whether you're in the Boxster or the Boxster S, I say just go base Boxster. Why not? You're still going to sure. love that car. Sure. It's still going to have more power than the 86 chassis. But if you can get an S, bonus. Then why not Cayman? If you're at Boxster, why not Cayman for the same because, generation? Because she brought up the Miata. Okay. Because of the kind of convertible bonus of the Boxster. Okay. All right. I mean, sure, go Cayman. Why not? But I'm, tr I'm trying to do a car that is for her and is different than that BMW. They've got a two-door coupe, if you will. Very much so, yeah. So, okay, here's a convertible Porsche. Good. Very different. And I also think about the fact that, that Chance's wife, Mandy, she has that Boxster and loves it. Oh, my gosh, yeah. My, my wife car. drove some of the 911s when we were doing 50 years of the 911, and she was in love with a car we didn't like that much, but it happened to be a convertible. True. Well, you know, so yeah. different reasons. But no, I love it. I you know, absolutely so love it. I'm just, I, the, I mean, the, the downside here is you got to go back a few years. Years but, and the automatic. I mean, it's not PDK because you're not going to get – It's a true automatic. Who cares? So, okay. I mean, so – Honestly, I would not be scared about a Boxster with 60,000, 70,000 miles. 80,000 no, miles. Why not? No. Just get the 80,000 mile service done, get the IMS bearing done, keep driving and enjoy it. What did you find as far as shopping? All kinds any, of stuff. I mean, what, what was the newest year that you could find? Is uh, I've actually got a 09 Boxster S in front of me. Do you? Blue, okay. uh, 24 grand, 80,000 miles. 
Okay. All okay. right. All right. But I mean, you know, there's an 07 here with 45,000 miles for 23. Sure. Sure. Okay. So we're in this world, but you can get you can get down into under 20 grand on these pretty easily. I mean, here's another 07, not, not an S. The others were an S, not, not an S, but right at 20 grand with 40,000 miles in 07 Boxster. Done. Wow. Yeah. Done. And 40, automatic miles. Yes. Really. So there are options out there, Megan. I actually think that is your answer. Your your husband has Porsche love. It's a car for you. I think I'm done right there. Awesome. All right. Well, Megan, let us know, please. Uh, yeah, you've got some shopping to do. So I'm very curious as to where you go with this. We've got to get to some audience questions here. They're great ones. Yeah, excellent. And I want to start off with two similar ones. Okay. There was Sam on Facebook and Zil, Zilwills on Instagram okay. kind of saying the same thing. Not really, but you'll see what I mean here. Oh, I see these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sam asks, what's the best way to negotiate a better price when buying a car from a dealer or a private party? Mm-hmm. Said, you know, we've bought a ton of cars. Surely we have tips. Yes, we do. And Zilwills is saying, is there a better time of year to buy certain mm-hmm. used cars? Example, would I have a better shot at finding a good Miata for sale sometime after the summer is over, like October, November, or something like that? Buy when it's snowing. You know, under the assumption <laughs> that the previous owner would want to sell it after having fun all summer yeah, yeah. or want to dump it. I'm going to start with the IG question. Zillwills, I'm going to say people sell cars all year round for mm-hmm. all kinds of reasons. So, mm-hmm. yes, the thinking is good, but there's, of course, exceptions to every rule. People will have to sell because of financial reasons or yeah, they have yeah, to yeah. move or a job change or you don't know the reason. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily everybody's dumping their Miatas in October. It's yeah. not that kind of thinking. Not quite, if you know what I mean. And it's not necessarily, hey, by March I should be shopping Miatas, you know, because springtime, no, not necessarily. I mean, you have to look at it, I guess, like sports equipment a little bit, but cars are a different thing. People sell them all year round for all kinds of reasons. So generally speaking, yes. And then there's sales on, on, you know, newer cars when of course, you know, the, you know, dealers have new models coming in and the old inventory needs to leave the lot, that kind of thing. End of year kinds of sales are good. So yes, I do think the specialized sports cars have trouble moving in the middle of winter. So if you're shopping a specialized sports car, especially above the snow belt, you're probably going to have a ability to get somebody to move around a little bit on what, whether or not they want to get rid of their car in January. Sure, but are people you would selling them then? I are think they so. Actually, selling I think them in so. The dead of winter, because and that that varies. But as you brought up, yes, they're selling them all year long. Yeah, who yeah. knows? And you may have the guy that posts it for whatever reason in, at Halloween, and it's still hanging out at Christmas. That guy wants to get rid of that car. You know, yeah. So you got yeah. you got to do some hunting. I mean, like the the Lotus I bought had been on on the site for a while, and it had come down a few times before I bought it. Right. So right. you got to hunt for that stuff. And there is that that reality of uh, my gosh, it's snowing outside versus it's a gorgeous day. I ought to buy a that there's a there's more available. Sure. They're charging yeah. a little bit more. Not. True, I mean, there's not a huge swing here. I'm not talking about a massive swing, but I do think for specialized stuff, it helps to buy when the weather's awful. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But then you can't drive it. Then you can't drive it. No, that, no, you, no, you have to then tolerate. Yes, yeah, exactly, for sure. I got my new car. It's on summer tires, and I ugh, yeah. park it. All right, so Sam, to your question, what's the best way to negotiate a better price? You've got to come into it thinking there's always going to be more cars. Mm-hmm. 
You've got mm-hmm. to keep reminding yourself that. And I am guilty. I'm pointing the fingers at me, honestly, yep. because when I saw that Cayman, I thought, oh, that's the one. Not yep. one like it. I want that yep. Cayman, and I'm guilty of it. So I admit that to you. Mm-hmm. But you've got to keep in mind, and that is there's going to be other cars come down the road if mm-hmm. it just – Man, they just we can't reach a deal or it's just not quite the right one. You've yeah. got to give yourself permission to keep shopping, and that is hard to do. That was my first thought as well, and, and I'm going to put it another way, Sam, and just say this. You I'm guilty. To, I, I am guilty as well. I'm fully guilty. I'm very bad about this, but you have to go in absolutely positively, without question, convinced you will walk away. Yeah. Because yeah, because I, I mean I I try I try to psych myself up and still fail at this because you're like but it's a nice card it's right there and I could take it home now and it's going to be a little bit more than no stop you can walk away and walking away is the most powerful tool you have when you are trying to yeah. buy a car especially from dealers but from private parties as well yeah, because especially from dealers because they they want the car to move yeah and so if you true. are really willing to go leave that is about the most powerful thing you can do. Knowledge is the other thing, and that is being, yes. you know, arming yourself with knowledge as far as, all right, I've really studied the market. And as you know, whether you're buying real estate or cars or any big ticket items, it's really the market is what moves it. You mm-hmm. can't come mm-hmm. back and say, well, the Kelly Blue Book thing and the NADA guides, and I'm pointing to the number, and that's the number. Well, you know, this is a nicer car than what, you know, sure, Kelly sure, Blue sure. Book yeah. is claiming. And you know what? There's I've got 10 buyers behind you, so... Do you want it or not? Yeah. You know, and that's the seller mindset, I mean. But, you know, you've got to come in just armed with knowledge about Mm -hmm. the cars and knowing what they're worth and what the market is paying for them. Because it actually might be higher in all your search. All the search engines might come with. That's fair. Wow, these cars are actually selling for higher than what the market price. Because that's just a guide. It's Mm -hmm. merely a tool. It's one of the tools. So keep that in mind as you're shopping and and think, okay, I've got to be able to walk away. but. You know, you've just got to be able to say to a dealer, look, I could take my money elsewhere. I can mm-hmm. go to the next state over and talk to that dealer over there. Maybe they want my money. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's the other thing. We've talked about it in a couple other uh, categories. And somebody here actually made a comment about there wasn't really a question. It was more of a comment about being frustrated about the dealer not knowing much about the car they were looking at. There is a good chance if you are you're chasing a specific car that the person at the dealer may actually know less than you. That's going to feel counterintuitive. But you may know more about the car you're looking at than they do. And I've done this as well. Don't second-guess your knowledge because you think, well, they work here. So if you're, especially <laughs> right. if you're shopping a specific car, they may have good general knowledge about all the cars they have, but you may have better knowledge on the specific car and stand on that so you know, uh, yeah, I could go get this online for whatever and, and go with that. Yeah, that was Tila PR's question on Instagram. Yeah, the people assisting you don't really know the differences. It's surprising when that happens, but it's not uncommon. It really isn't yeah. because, yeah, just think of those people. They might have just needed a job and they knew somebody at the dealer and they've got a job. And or they have a background in sales in general and right. now they just happen to be selling cars. It happens more than you think. It's typical. Yeah. And cars, I mean, software sales, I could argue either side about software is software and you just kind of have to know the ins and the outs and get a technical specialist. But, you know, as the person that knows it all with you, but as a car, if you've got a car enthusiast selling you a car and you've got, okay, this person knows... I don't mind being sold. I mm, really mm, don't. Mm. If it's somebody knowledgeable and I feel like I'm if being they know looked what after, talking about. yeah, and I, I see that. I feel see that. like I'm getting a good deal, whether okay. I'm actually getting a good deal or not. <laughs> but if I'm made to feel like I'm getting a good deal, then 
I'm happy. You did this well. Did I validate me? Thank you. <laughs> Pretty yeah, much. I see that. That is funny. Well, we've got so many others here. I wanted to talk to Scott. Uh, Scott, sorry. I feel like you're getting beat on, man. Scott writing in on Facebook, Scott Moss, with, can you be an enthusiast and drive run-flat tires? Yeah. His friends at LA uh, are telling him that because his 2007 uh, 335i has run-flats, he's clearly not serious. Scott, two things at once. First off, if you're running the LA Canyons for fun, if you're just in LA, LA is a difficult city to drive in, period. It's a city where you sit Fair. in traffic to get to the fun road. Very <laughs> So if you are on a fun canyon road, you fought to get there. And I will shake your hand and say, yes, sir, you are an enthusiast. I don't care. And I'm going I'm to go there. <laughs> I don't care if you drove your Prius across town to drive it hard and scream its tires on a, on a canyon road. I will shake your hand, too, because at least you are taking the time. Paul's actually going to disown me right here. True, but I think but, you're the only one who would hoon the Prius when we did the other day. Last year, I did. I hooned that. We got some squeal out of that thing. It didn't like it. If it's all all you've got, run what you brung. I applaud you for doing that. (laughs) Now, in the next (laughs) breath, I want to say if you, as an enthusiast, are looking for the next step, yes, get away from run flat tires. They have a tendency to be too numb. And that's the, the benefit of moving on to something else. And unless you, for some reason, need run flats, just you have a AAA membership and you you get towed if something happens and you just you run without them and you get good performance tires. It does not negate you being an enthusiast and liking to drive, but I will say on the other side, I'm talking both sides of the coin. I realize, but I will say on the other side is I would love for you to upgrade to some sheer performance tires that are not run flats. Uh, Scott, I don't know if your car originally came with run flats, but the 2011, correct me if I'm wrong, the BMW 335 IS press car that you and I had came equipped from the factory with Bridgestone run flats. And that was then that that's when run flats were kind of, you know, all the thing, Mm -hmm. all the rage, but the construction of the tire, it's thicker, thicker sidewalls. They're, they're compromised in terms of feel. And so you're right that the feeling out of your tires goes away. So I, I'm with you, but in no way, if BMW is putting these tires as standard equipment on one of their hot performance enthusiast true, cars, true, true, yeah. that's your argument right there. Yeah. And I, I don't feel that way at all. But yes, there's other other tires that you will feel a difference. So There's a question from Kevin. Kevin S. He's on Facebook asking us, can we talk about turbo lag? He is new to turbos. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, all you need to know. I'm new to turbos, and he finds it annoying that in the family minivan, he's you know he's hoping that he won't find the same disconcerting delay in an EcoBoost Mustang or other reasonably priced mm, performance mm. car. I'm here to burst your bubble a little bit, like the Subaru WRX. <laughs> that is like a light switch, and I've called it that before, but you're going along, you're waiting, you're waiting. There it is. There's the party. Yes, but it's and but it's moving. now really early. Like when I had my Subaru, uh, my Sabaru, okay, my Saab nine two X, there was really nothing below about three grand. And so you'd leave a light. My my wife actually didn't like this about the car. She liked it otherwise. But leaving a light, she hated it because it was like grind, 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 grind. You finally got to three grand. I was like, oh my gosh, it's got power. Yeah. So that yeah. happened every time. The the new WRX is still all of a sudden it's powerful, but now it's at like two thousand RPM, and you get there pretty quick. Comes on earlier. Turbo lag has been around, and it's by virtue of their design. Absolutely. Yeah. You, 
you cannot really get away from it mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. of it's inherent in the design. Yeah. Now, there's been many things manufacturers have done through the years. Sequential turbos comes to mind on the 94 Toyota Supra, for example. They yeah. had a small turbo and a big turbo. Yeah. One for, you know, something that would get going really <laughs> one quickly. For every need, yes. You know, and, and then when that ran out of boost, then the big one kicked in when you were had more exhaust going and, and all this stuff. And so there's been a lot of manufacturers that try to counteract this. And as you said, turbo can come on a lot earlier, but you still do feel it. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. That, I think, is kind of the joy of driving turbocharged cars. And there's some that are worse than others. True, true, true. Ones that have higher horsepower, you feel, I think, come on pretty aggressively. But there's some that Nissan GTR, you don't know when that turbo is blowing. I it's mean, you're just, just hot gone. all the time. Yeah. So it very much depends on the car. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll have to drive it to kind of discover your own taste. Yeah. You know, I, I like the EcoBoost Mustang. I like how it made power. Yeah, I yeah, really agreed, did. Agreed. I liked hanging out above 4,000 where the turbo was just always on yeah. boost. It made it a lot of fun, to be honest. But it also didn't feel like it trundled and st- struggled leaving the light either. No, so, it didn't. And, and that, it wasn't like you said, drag, drag, drag. Yeah, and that's and the suddenly, thing is that once you get into performance cars, generally they they know – that the average person driving wants to feel something kind of right away. And so they've tuned them more so now, even than 10 years ago, for it to be early. But there is that no boost versus, oh, my gosh, there's boost. There's yeah, that right. moment in all of these. Right, right. All right, what else on here? Uh, Seth um, wrote in a uh, quick question, and I'm going to give you a headline answer. Seth, is it important or even necessary in this day and age to teach your teenage driver to drive stick? Necessary? No. However, I'm going to give you the reason I say, yes, they should learn it. It's much harder to text and hold your phone when you must be shifting the car for yourself. (laughs) So that is the number one reason that I recommend it. Not because I feel like it's necessary and you must know this skill. I mean, you barely even need to know how to drive anymore. You can call an Uber and be done, okay? You don't even have to know how to drive. But if you're going to drive, a stick shift requires you to be more involved and less less distracted by its sheer nature. And I know a whole family here, multiple kids here, and all of those kids were taught – on a six-speed yeah, right. Miata, right? Because they're busy; they have to be busy. So that's the only reason to do it. I've got a couple on here that have intrigued me. One from Mark B has asked about getting out of a car without ruining the seat bolsters. Hmm. He said even a short video would be super awesome. I have your answer, but I think I need to demonstrate it with a short video. I think okay. I should film that and post you it on Facebook. Yeah, I'd- be curious to see it as well. It, it has to do with putting your hand down on the door sill, and Caymans work great for this, by the way. But True. you put your left hand down on the door sill and kind of just ease yourself over the hump of the seat bolster, and you go ahead and stand up. Mm-hmm. It's very easy, and I do that. I admit, I I do. don't want to crush the no seat one's bolsters. Surprised. So, well, that that verse is what most people do, which is kind of roll over the bolster to get out, and that's what eventually crushes them Breaks over time. Down, yeah. But you know, in the Lotus, I'm just happy to be able to get out. It's all relative. I bolster, no Suppose. bolster, doesn't matter, side sill. Look, I'm out. Hey, I did it again. lawn chairs yeah. in that thing, but you're right. Uh, there was another question from Ryan on here asking about mainstream performance cars, and he gives an example of Camaro SS, mm-hmm. Mustang GT, M3, Cayman S. Are these cars too fast to be enjoyable? Mm. Now, great question. Ryan wants a V8, and he says, before our future becomes electric, I'm afraid our low speed limits may make it feel like driving with a cage tiger under the hood. You know? Mm-hmm. Just raring to go all the time. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. But to your point, electric cars, they're going to be even quicker than the cars you just named. In a commuting world, yeah, they're going to feel you, really quick. Yeah, Even the, the bolt, you stomp on it and it it's just, gone. you're yeah. surprised. Wow, this is amazing. So, you know, you could then get into the argument, well, why do we need the 800 horsepower 
AMG Mercedes burnout machines. By the way, what? need does not belong in that sentence. Yeah. I, you know, the demon, the Hellcats, yeah, the, all that kind of stuff. Completely. There's a ton of horsepower, but you know, you've got to pick your moments, I guess, is all, all yeah. you can come back to is just, yeah, for fun drives. And you've got to wait till it really opens up because otherwise you are looking at speeding you know completely and and speed then in camrys and corollas you can speed in you any can speed car, in though. anything that's absolutely true and that's the thing is that i agree with you i think in general these cars are actually ryan i think they are too powerful for anything most people will need so what you now have to do is you have to be enough of an enthusiast to seek out opportunities to use more of the car mm-hmm. and that yeah. could be a canyon road that you're not running over 50 but it's a tight enough canyon road that the minivans are doing 20 it can be that or it can be time at a track but you've got to go somewhere to feel the performance the other thing that's a big factor here i think is how much a car feels fast and i'm going to go to this is why i like small low powered stuff because 80 miles an hour mm. in my Lotus feels like something's happening. 80 miles an hour in your Cayman, you feel like you could do that all day and not even notice the speed. Your son's asking by. me questions about my radar detector. Totally, totally. Yes. So the different cars actually let you in on what's happening more than others. And if a car shields you with, I'll give you a great example. The Camaro that we drove, the ZL11LE. Right, right. Wickedly fast. That was yeah. part of season two. Wickedly fast. Unbelievably capable. <laughs> yeah. But... That was, honestly, if if somebody had a way to average our speeds, I guarantee you that that rivalry episode with that car and the GT350R is the fastest average speeds you and I have ever had on a review. <laughs> because for those cars to start to feel like they were doing something and it, to get interesting, I kept looking down at the Speedo and going, no, I'm not doing that. I mean, I was ge- <laughs> it wasn't like I was seeking it. I was genuinely surprised by, you're kidding. I think, yeah. oh, I'm doing 80. No, I'm really not doing 80. That's a frightening, frightening arrestable number. Happened all the time. You know what? As we're talking this through, I think I'm coming to the reason why I like the Cayman and why I like the higher speeds. Okay. It's the adrenaline rush that I get from... You You're could say breaking the law, but <laughs> it's the adrenaline rush that comes along with the higher speeds and experiencing yeah. that rather than, because you're right, you can experience the same feeling mm-hmm. at 65 and, oh my gosh, this feels fat. Oh, I'm just doing 65. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. But then when I'm in those speeds. <laughs> I see. You're the, that guy. My adrenal glands, <laughs> adrenal glands open mm-hmm. up and just... It's that rush yeah, that yeah, I get. Yeah. I, you're you're a 16 year old. I get it. I, I understand. Yes, I that's fine. Just, That's fine. I, it's the adrenaline junkie rush that it I'm happens. looking for. It happens. But right. yeah, think about electric cars. We're going to get even faster off the line, and you know, yes, turbocharged small engine that are geared really low. I mean, first gear is you jump off the line in the new Hyundai Tucson. <laughs> I had a neighbor here. He's like, oh my gosh, my Tucson's so quick off the line. I'm like, well, yeah, they wanted you to they're make all it being, feel snappy. They're all being tuned that way. Absolutely, they are. Yep, yep. Uh, let's see. Mark has a question along these lines. Uh, Mark, uh, actually, sorry, it's Mr. Kid 37 I read that wrong. Mr. Kid 37 had a question about what happens when we catch up to a slower driver on a fun mountain road? <laughs> what do we do? Uh, first thing I do is, I, I mean, Unless they are completely oblivious. Well, he's asking if there's no way to legally pass. That's yes. an addendum here, yes. too. So you're on a two-lane road with a lot of double yellows, yeah. okay? Um, this might be controversial, but I'll give you all of my answers. Theoretically, they've seen me coming up behind them. They know I'm there, okay? <laughs> you might assume too much. Yes, the true. And I let a couple turnouts go by. 
before I do anything, I let a couple opportunities for them to turn out go by. Just to just give them the benefit of the doubt, out there, right? Because sometimes people pull over. And don't get me wrong, sure. I'm not touching their bumper either, but I came up, I have arrived behind them. I, I'm not okay. honking, I'm not revving, I'm just driving. But I get to let a couple of, of those go by. And now I start looking for an opportunity to pass. Now, the opportunity to pass, yeah, that may be double yellow. We have a lowest common denominator in the way our roads are built. Okay. Okay. They're they're setting up that twenty mile an hour speed limit and the this is a no passing zone so that it so that the worst, slowest car with the worst handling is okay. There's a margin for error. Upon needing to pass, you mean? Yes. Okay. So if you're in something that can pass instantly, Jeep Trackhawk. You know, something that, that just you, you think about passing and, oh, look, I've done it. Then, you know, passing your, your passing zone is very different than the 18-wheeler that hauled uh, trees up this hill. You know what I mean? It's just right. – I'm being extreme. Or, sure. or the, the family, sure. the 12 people in a minivan, they can't pass like that car You can, can put 12 people in a minivan? Well, it's a frightening world. Wow. So anyway, so if I feel like there is going to be an opportunity to pass – then I will take it. But if there's traffic going the other way and there's not an opportunity to pass, I pull over. I use the turnout. And I just sit there. And I'll wait. I'll try to wait a couple minutes. But what I do is I watch who's coming up the hill. Because mm-hmm. if I yeah. see somebody slow come up the hill, I at least get out in front of them. But I just wait it out. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's good. There's a couple of design-related questions on here from Wall of Yawn. Talking about fin-shaped antennas on the roofs of cars. Said, I feel like they ruin the lines of many cars. Why not integrate them somewhere else? You're right. Yeah, integration means combining parts and and think about manufacturing and parts. And you just want to manufacture an inexpensive antenna and screw it to the roof and just cover it up with a piece of plastic Mm -hmm. rather than integrating it into the A-pillar with the – think about the manufacturing complexity of – you know, sure, just making sure. the part, the assembly complexity to do that. Yes, at at what benefit for the price of the car and for the labor involved and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. you got to come back to all right. Well, yeah, they just wanted to plop an antenna on there, and we'll just put a little cover over the top and call it good. <laughs> Not really, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So it, yeah, yeah. it has to a lot to do with the the complexities of manufacturing and assembly. Hmm. I'm thinking uh, the Kia Soul question about the. Um, <laughs> the phone-shaped taillights. There's uh, – uh, who's asking me? Oh, it's uh, Wes. Wes okay. Bees. Yeah. yeah Talking yeah. about the Kia Soul, he said, he knows I'm a fan. Yes, I'm a huge fan. Why did they use the symbol for telephone as the taillights? It's the only <laughs> thing I see when I look at them. <laughs> well, Wes, consider the shape of the car is designed first and then the details. And those c- shut lines and cut lines for the taillights and headlights – could vary when you've got the clay model in front of you and you're using the yeah, knife to yeah, cut. Yeah. Hey, we could do this or we could, you know, and you do some mm, different sketches mm. about what this could be. And you're breaking up that taillight as a graphic symbol. So, yes, it is the phone taillight, but it actually kind of works for that upright vertical C pillar on that, yeah, yeah. on that sole. So it's it's a choice. You're right. It's a choice. Uh, I I kind of see it working for that car just because it kind of brings your eye back around to the middle of the tailgate and hmm. points you back towards that area. Okay. So everything is about directing your eye. But sure, sure. Hey, it works. It got your attention. You see the taillights, right? We keep having variation on track daily crush. Tonight's variation is rent, buy, or crush. Oh. Do you see this? Yes. Aston Martin V12 Vantage S. Oh, man. Ooh. The Aston Martin 177... 
Oh, I got chills over that and car. And the Porsche 911 uh, 997 GT3 RS 40 that I lust after needlessly. Oh, yeah. Um, wow on all three of these. Um, <laughs> um, th- this, is all, this is actually, this just ends with bad news. It's just all bad news. Something gets crushed here, and that's a tragedy. Yeah. I think, I, okay, I think I buy the GT3 RS 40 okay. because I think it's just, it's not only crazy fun, but it's just usable. You can yeah. just drive it. You could drive it slowly, which would be a tragedy, but you could, okay? Despite it having a half cage, it's usable. Yes, exactly. Move it on. So, um, so that's the car to buy. I think the V12 Vantage S gets crushed because it's not special enough, and I think the 177 gets rented because it's a car I want to experience, but I don't think that's a car I'd want to own. This is amazing. I'm completely in 100% agreement. Okay, all right. I want to drive that, that Porsche all the time. Yeah, I want to. Just, yeah, yeah, I want to buy it. I want to own it. And I would drive the Vantage all the time, but it's not quite in, as special not as in the this GT3. comparison. No. Okay, so there's one last one: Higher Fire Clone. Oh, and gosh. now we're talking people. <laughs> this one, these these scare me just a little bit. <laughs> we're in some dystopian future here with robots and cloned executives. I'm frightened. If we clone Elon, does that clone sleep on the floor? Sorry, oh, separate ooh. thing. The army of Elons. Wow. <laughs> now we're building Teslas. What a great idea. Model 3s are if now getting built. That should built. be his next idea is to clone himself. So if he Perfect. wants to really get Stuff's things done. Stuff's going to get done. Oh, man. One Elon can parent and the other one can sleep on the factory floor. It works perfectly. <laughs> I, I, I'm solving problems now. Sorry. <laughs> I'm getting things done over here, people. All right. So hire, fire, clone. Ralph Giles, design director at, uh, at FCA, VP okay. of design. Adrian Van Hoydunk. He's the design director for BMW. I actually okay. interviewed with Adrian back uh, when he was early in his career mm, as mm. the VP of design there. And um, we'll just say I didn't have the fairest impression okay? because he just, for whatever reason. You, you're, at a, you're a unique place to answer this question, he, he so didn't, keep going. He didn't really, yeah, he didn't really <laughs> like my stuff. And, you weren't a fan and neither was he. So Got it. guess okay. who's getting fired? And then, of course, there's Johnny Ives, the VP of design for Apple, who is led Apple ever since the candy color iMacs, you know, with the CRT in them and yeah. way back in 97? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those, yep, 96? I get it, for sure. So I am hiring Ralph, for okay. sure. Okay. Ralph's awesome. He's he's a true car guy. He is, for sure. Races Vipers. Both he and his wife race Vipers, actually. <laughs> I don't know if she races Vipers. She might race a Ferrari. Anyway. Either way. They're fans. Yes. Johnny, you got to clone that guy. He's brilliant British. No, actually, I think he's Welsh. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anyway, okay. so definitely clone Johnny. And uh, like I said, Adrian and I just didn't see eye to eye. Interesting. And, um, I love that you have a personal connection in this I do. discussion. I, well I done. I interviewed with him. Yeah, I've got nothing. And well done. He's been, he's been fine, but I maintain that BMWs need a new design direction for their interiors. They are rehashing for a long time. the same design language. Yeah, so, are. Adrian, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> totally it's a totally different show anyway thank Great you guys pleasure to say for, that. for listening as always uh, we would love to have you review if you want to send a car debate it is everydaydrivertv at gmail or through the website everydaydriver.com we would love to have an Amazon review we'd love to have an iTunes review more than anything guys thank you for listening and thank you for sharing this show we really appreciate it yep thank you guys again looking forward to next time cheers Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. 
What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And scent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks. Prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.